All right. Well, I am, I am excited. Uh, as we start off the new year, we're actually going to kick the year off strong by having Ben share the word with us. And uh, yes. I just want to honor Ben. You know, he is, he is our, our newest elder here at the church. And, and I want to say this about him. Ben is a quiet guy. Like if, if you were to see our elder meetings and our board meetings, Ben doesn't say a whole lot. He's not a strategy guy. He's not a procedure guy. He doesn't get super excited about those things. But when Ben does speak, he speaks with power. And he speaks with boldness, and he speaks with authority. And every time he speaks in a board meeting or, or an elder meeting or whatever the case may be, anytime he speaks, I'm so grateful because what he speaks is so filled with the Word of God and is so in alignment with the Holy Spirit. And a lot of times he speaks the bold things that we need to hear in that moment. And so I just want to encourage everyone that you should feel good that Ben is one of the elders of our church, helping to shepherd and lead and guide our church. And I'm excited for him. Come and share some of that boldness with us today. Give it up for Ben. Good morning, everyone. It's good to be here. But you don't have any idea what I've been through in the last 24 hours. <laughs> Man, it was great. Um, I had a message, and I, and I thought it was a message. But um, I kept running into this brick wall. Kept running into this brick wall. Keep running into this brick wall. And I just didn't feel comfortable. You know, and I just, uh, I stood up to like about, all day yesterday, I, <laughs> I stood up to about um, 10 o'clock last night, and I still wasn't getting it. I still wasn't getting it. And I told myself, man, my head's going all cuckoo. I've got to go to sleep, get me some rest so I can, I can think clear. Went to bed at 10 o'clock, got up at 4 o'clock this morning. God began to speak to me. Ha, ha, ha. What a wonderful time I had this morning with the Lord. So, Holy Spirit, have your way. Anoint me, use me in your own way. Thank you for the privilege of honoring Jesus. And thank you for the, the privilege of feeding the flock. I bless you and thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So, my text is found in... Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 30. The scripture says that Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden. Heavy, who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear. And the burden I give you is light. So before I go any further, I just want to make sure that we fill out all the blanks. <laughs> Matthew eleven twenty eight in your notes says that Jesus gives an invitation. And the invitation, he says, 
is come to me. Number one, he says, come to me, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Who is this invitation for? Matthew 28 tells us, it's for all of you. In Matthew 28, it says also, it's for weary humanity who carry heavy burdens. Number four, it says, Jesus is a gentle Lord with a humble and gentle heart. Number five, Jesus promises us rest when we place our faith in him and his words. And God's kingdom with us and Jesus' lordship over us is easy and light. You see, the devil did a work. He did an evil work. Through flattery, through guile and deception, he caused God's creation to fall into sin. And through that one act of disobedience, God's presence was withdrawn from us. Fellowship with a loving Father who created us was broken. And darkness and evil filled our hearts. Sickness and disease plunged us into death. Wars and destruction were heaped upon our heads because of the greed of our souls. There is no rest for humanity under the yoke and lordship of the God of this world, Satan. We are burdened with a heavy load of all types of sin. Guilty before God, we are doomed to eternal judgment for our sin in a lake of fire and brimstone for all eternity. That was our fate. And it's for this reason that God in all of his grace and all of his mercy and all of his love came to earth. And he came to us by his word, through the Holy Spirit, by a virgin girl. And the word of God, God's son, put on flesh and blood that he might destroy the works of the devil. God also 
did a work. The work that God did was the work of the sacrificial death of Christ on the cross. His finished work is center and central to spoiling all principality and power. His finished work is central to destroying sin's power. His finished work is central to our forgiveness. His finished work is central to our acceptance. His finished work on the cross is central to our holiness. His finished work is central to our righteousness. His finished work on the cross is central to our peace. His finished work is central to our joy. His finished work is central to eternal life. His finished work on the cross is the result of his kingdom in us. A kingdom that cannot be defeated. A kingdom that will bear rule over all the earth. He is a king and a kingdom that reigns over darkness, over sickness, over disease. And this is the rest we have through the cross. In Hebrews 10, verses 8 to 18. For Christ said, You do not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings or burnt offerings or other offerings for sin, nor will you please with them though they are required by the law of Moses. Then he said, Look, I have come to do your will. He cancels the first covenant in order to put the second into effect. For God's will for us, for God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ. Once and for all time. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest, he offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins good for all time 
And then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. And there he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. For by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. And the Holy Spirit also testifies that this is so. For he says, this is the new covenant I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts. And I will write them on their minds. And then he says, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. Amen. Here we see how much Jesus loves us. He loved us so much that he put on flesh and he put on blood. He left his glory and clothed himself of his power. And he humbled himself to the death of his cross. Jesus loves us so much that when he came, he came to disarm all principality and all power. He came to forgive all sins once and for all. And when Jesus looks at you and when God looks at you, that is all he sees. He sees the righteousness of Christ in you. And he sees the perfection of Christ in you. He has made all things new with you. And he promises us rest. He promises us this through his sacrificial death on the cross. He promises us a new master. He promises us a new yoke that is easy and a new burden that is light where we will find rest to our mind, emotions, and will. The only thing that Jesus requires of us is faith. Unbelief is the enemy, and he keeps us out and disqualifies us from obtaining and receiving all that God's promises, all of God's promises that are freely given to us by the finished work of Jesus' sacrificial death. And it's this unbelief 
that keeps us from obtaining the promises. It's this unbelief that keeps us from entering into his rest. The promise of God is central to the cross. Believing the gospel in all of its entirety. So we see that when the children of Israel could not enter into the promised land, they could not, the Bible says in Hebrews 3, 16 and 19, that they could not enter because of unbelief. They were not able to enter his rest. We see that they could not obtain the promises, and the promises was Canaan. The promise was the land, the rest of God. And for us to obtain the promise and for us to enter into God's rest of every promise that he has made to us, the cross and Jesus is central and center for all of that. Without the cross, there's no salvation. Without the cross, there's no healing. Without the cross, there is no deliverance. Without the cross, there is no cleansing. Without the cross, there is no holiness. Without the cross, there is no consecration. Without the cross, there is no justification. Jesus and his perfect work sacrificial work on the cross is central to all of the promises and is central to the rest that we have in him. So that's why Jesus says he says learn from me. Let me teach you about me. He says that because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And as we hear, faith begins to grow in our hearts. And we begin to take hold of God's promises. And we take hold, and as we take hold of God's promises, we are being changed into his image and his likeness. The rules that we set for ourselves, the regulations that we set for ourselves, our self-effort goes out the door. And the glory from within, which is Christ, then begins to transform our life, begins to transform our heart, begins to heal us, begins to deliver us, begins to set us free, gives us new life. So this morning, 
what I wanted to share with you is that everything that we need comes through Jesus. Everything we need comes through the cross. Without the cross, we have nothing. We have no hope. There is no favor for healing. There is no favor for abundance. There is no favor for restoration. There is no favor for eternal life. There is no favor at all. But God gives us favor. And he blesses us under one condition and one condition alone. And that is faith through the finished work of Jesus' cross. You can hoop and you can holler and you can say all the right scriptures and all the right things. But until Jesus is in your heart and that word is penetrating in your heart, there is no evidence and no fruit of God's promise and rest for your life. Jesus is everything. Through all your struggles, through all your pain, through all your lack, through all your disappointments, through all your victories, Jesus is center. His cross is the center. His finished work on the cross is the center for all that we need and all that what God wants to give us. And it's up to us to possess those promises. It's up to us to believe those promises. It's up to us to fill our lives with those promises. It's up to us to speak those promises over us, over ourselves, and over each other. Because we can receive nothing from God aside from the cross and Christ crucified. We can receive nothing from God outside of the shed blood of Jesus. That is the covenant that God has made with us. That is the covenant that God has made with us for righteousness. That is the covenant that God has made for us for healing. That is the covenant that God has made for us for deliverance. And if we don't believe, then we will never enter into his rest. We will never obtain the promises that God has for us. And that is the victory that we, that we, that we have over this world. Th that is the victory that we have over the wicked one. That is the victory that we have over sickness. That is the victory that we have over disease. That is the, de that is the victory that we have over, um, over lack and over poverty. That is the victory. And that victory overcomes the world. And it is he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God and that God raised him from the dead. Jesus 
and the promises that he has given to us encompasses the cross. Without the cross and without the shedding of his blood on the cross, we are hopeless. We are useless. We are defeated. We are cast down. And there is no victory. There is no power. There is no joy. And there is no hope. And this is, was our case before Jesus came. But when he came, he raised us up with him. He raised us up in heavenly places to sit down with him. Far above lack. Far above sickness. Far above disease. Far above poverty. Far above lack. Far above bondage. Far above every sexual sin that you can imagine. He lifted us up above every name that is named. And he has given us victory through the finished work of his cross. That is the victory that overcomes the world. That is the victory that obtains the promises of God in his word. That is the victory that transforms and changes our lives. It's not a set of rules. It's not a set prayer. It's not a formality. It's going after Jesus and declaring the promises of Jesus over your life, even when it doesn't look good. You know, you hear people say, By his stripes, I am healed. You hear the confession. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up in judgment against me, I condemn. For this is my heritage. And it comes from Jesus. But people look at you funny. When they see that you're in all kinds of bondages and they see you when you begin to say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus loves me. Jesus shed his blood for me. Jesus, his blood cleanses me. Jesus, his blood makes me whole. The blood of Jesus delivers me from all bondage and from all sin. That is the promises of God. Even when you don't see it, begin to speak it. Because before everything that was formed that you see, it was spoken to existence. And so is the promises of God. It's not only believed in the heart. But it spoke over your life. And you've got to believe it in your heart. And you've got to speak it. And you've got to believe it in your heart. And you've got to speak it. And as you believe it in your heart. And you begin to speak it. The faith of God begins to grow inside of you. And that glory and that majesty will now begin to transform you and change you. 
change your circumstances, release you from the bondage of Satan, bring healing and deliverance to your body. When the rubber meets the road, where is our faith? You can sing all you want. You can dance all you want. You can shout all you want. But it comes down to the word of God made flesh. Crucified and died for you on the cross. And risen from the dead. Hallelujah. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else but the blood of Jesus. Nothing else but the sacrifice of the Son of God that would raise us up and give us life and healing and power and peace and joy. Hallelujah. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're in a fire. They're consumed by fire. We've been consumed by all kinds of things in 2020. But oh, the Son of God, the glory of God, the Word of God inside of us that we cannot be touched. Sickness cannot prevail. Disease cannot prevail. Sin cannot prevail. Bondage cannot prevail. Just like the fire that Nebuchadnezzar lit up. It could never prevail against the Hebrew children. Because Jesus, the one like the Son of God, was in the fire. Is the Son of God in your circumstances? Is the Son of God in your heart? Is the Son of God in your life? Is he, are you grounded in his word? Are you grounded in his truth? Are you grounded in his presence? Are you built up in him and rooted in him? Every promise, every line. When you are, you can be bold. And you can stand against the darkness. And you can begin to declare your victory. Declare your provision. Declare your healing. Declare your joy. Declare your peace over this world and over Satan. So important. God's word is so important. Jesus and the cross is so important. It is central to all that we, have, that we receive from God. We cannot receive anything from God aside from the cross. We cannot be transformed by God outside of the cross. We need the cross. We need to come to Jesus. Jesus says, come to me. All you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus wants to teach you. Jesus wants to invest himself in you by his word. How do you do that? You take out your Bible every day. 
you pull your flesh by the neck and you place yourself in a hiding place and you stay there and you eat 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 like your life depends on it because the word of God is your life. And Jesus told us that we will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And you meditate upon it. You meditate it. You keep it in your heart. You keep it before your eyes. You let it dwell on your lips. And then you begin to see the promises. And then you begin to see the manifestation. And then you'll, be, you'll see the victory. Is victory what you want? Is peace what you want? Is joy what you want? Is healing what you want? Is deliverance what you want? Then Jesus, the cross, Him crucified, buried, and died, and resurrected is for you. You need to come to Him. You need to come to Him every day. Your life needs to depend upon His Word. And when you do, everything else will fall into place. You'll see the victory. You'll see transformation. You'll be delivered. You'll be healed and set free. Because these is the promises of God. And this promises comes through faith by grace. Through Jesus and his sacrificial work alone. Amen. Let me have the worship team come back up. Whew. Come on. That was, a, that was a feast of truth right there. That was a feast of hope. You know, it was about a week ago in our Rooted Bible reading that we read Matthew 23. And in, uh, at the end of the chapter, Jesus is lamenting over Jerusalem. He says, how I wanted to gather you together as children like a hen would gather her chicks under her wings. But then Jesus says these words. He says, but you were unwilling. But you were unwilling. I love, Ben, how you presented, man, that the devil did a work and Jesus did a work. You see, the devil's work comes automatically. You don't have to be willing. It just comes. We're born with a sin nature. We're born into the curse of sin. We are born into the rule and the reign of, of the kingdom of the God of this world. But the work that Jesus did, we have to be willing. We have to make a choice to surrender to it. We have to make a choice to draw near to it. And I just want to encourage you today here at the church and on our digital campus that you be willing that you make the choice today to draw near to God through the sacrifice Jesus made on the cross. Put all your faith in Him and receive every promise of the gospel, every promise of God. Amen. Let's pray together. Jesus, I pray for everyone today who needed to hear this truth, who needed a word of hope, 
oh, who needed a challenging word of where to put their faith. And I just pray today, Lord, that your word does what it was sent out to do. We stand on the promise that your word will not return void, but it will accomplish the mission that it was sent upon. And so, Lord, we send your word into every heart. God, here at Kauai Bible Church and on our digital campus around the world, we send your word into every heart. Lord, let it do the work that it was intended to do. Lord, let it draw people to salvation. Let it, God, increase people's faith. Let it fill people with hope. Lord, let it bring people to their source of healing. Let it bring people to the source of their forgiveness. Let it bring people to the source of their love. Oh, Lord, let that word do its work in people's hearts today. We rejoice today that people are making decisions to surrender all of their faith, Lord, and all of their life to Jesus as Lord. Thank you, Lord, that even now people's faith is being renewed. Thank you that even now people are being stirred up to take that same message of hope that Ben shared and to take it to the streets and to their workplaces and to their neighborhoods. Thank you for that, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let it do its work today. Let it do its work today. In Jesus' name.